Oh, there we go. Don't want to break anybody's eardrums. All right, well, let's pray. We'll get started, and uh, this will be a two- or three-part little lesson that we're going to do. We're going to breach the issues this morning, and uh, I'm being very, very... If you didn't get handouts, hands up, please. Okay, Tony Barong needs some... All right, I think we're good to go. Thank you, man. So we're entering into a very, very high politically charged issue this morning. And from a Christian perspective, it's like, well, Pastor Rich, you, why are you going here? Well, folks, when the world goes in a direction that is just totally, totally cattywampus with Scripture, when your children and your grandchildren are becoming victims, and I'll use that word strongly, are becoming victims of what's taking place around the country, uh, the church that isn't afraid to tell the truth probably should make a statement about it. Amen. And that's exactly where we are this morning. So I appreciate you being here. Uh, I, I'll be honest, this is one of, I've learned more uh, when I was on quote-unquote vacation, and vacation to me is being able to study un, uninterrupted, uh, <laughs> even though we had 70 hours of, of music, uh, Valerie uh, said, why are you reading a book while they're singing? I'm like, because this is what I do. But uh, this particular subject matter is one that, I mean, it, it literally took me for a loop. And uh, as most of you know, 32 years in the sheriff's office, and it's like this one was like, are you kidding me? I mean, wow. So uh, put on your uh, safety belts, whatever it takes, your seat belts, and we're going to just start going through some of these things this morning. I'm going to come back with a stronger scenario next week, but I just want to break ground on this issue because it's significant, and it's one that is really, really getting political pressure. It's one that uh, the White House itself is pushing, and some of you, again, it's going to be like, I've never heard this before, or you haven't heard it to the degree that we're going to get into, but it's a serious, serious issue, and uh, I'm going to pray, and then I'll let you know what that serious issue is. Father, thank you for your love for us. Thank you for the Word of God, which doesn't mince words when it comes to the truth. So, Father, I pray that as we open up this very volatile situation right now, one that is very, very divisive, even among the secular folks, much less Christians, I pray that you'd help us to look at this not from a mean-spirited, condemning spirit, but one that understands really what's taking place, then knowing how do we deal with this as your people? How do we confront it? How do we challenge it? Uh, how do we deal with our own children and grandchildren and friends and loved ones that are facing this onslaught right now of trying to change our young people and teenagers and many adults? So, Father, we commit this time to you. I pray that you bless it. Father, I pray that we would speak the truth in love, uh, but Father, that you'd also help us to be resolved not to bend and not to compromise on biblical truth. 
So, Father, we commit this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you'll find I have no slides today that's on purpose. Uh, you have the handouts. Those, uh, this is going to be broadcast on the Internet. And I want to preface everything that I'm going to say right now with this very important message from Union Grove Baptist Church, Pastor Rich. What is that message? Number one, I do not care where you were yesterday, as I've said many times. I don't care what you believed when you walk into our church. It doesn't matter to me if you've undergone some of the things that we'll be discussing this morning. It doesn't matter. You say, well, Pastor Rich, if you find out someone's involved in this type of behavior, or that parents are involved, or grandparents, or guardians, or, who, or anyone else, and they walk into Union Grove Baptist Church, how are you going to treat them? Same way I treat everybody else, with love and respect and dignity. And uh, we will speak the truth, and we will speak it in love, but uh, truth cannot be compromised, and we won't do that. So as we go through this, we're going to start out with a scenario that you'll find on uh, the page with a bunch of acronyms. And folks, this all comes from a particular book, which I, I very much encourage you to read, especially uh, if, you're, if you have children or grandchildren or just want to get educated. And I may slaughter his name a bit, but Michael S. De La Puerte, it's called The Danger of Puberty Suppression, The Dangers of Puberty Suppression. And that's the, exactly what we're going to be talking about this morning for about a half an hour. What is puberty suppression? What is happening? And some of you, it's like, this is going to be totally new subject matter. Others, you might have a little bit of an idea about what's taking place. But these things are a major issue. So let me make it in the easiest, most simple terms that I can about what this issue is. This is about taking children. It's about taking teenagers for the most part because we're talking about puberty. Puberty is, uh, uh, maybe it's been a while since you've gone through it, uh, but puberty is basically when a child begins to develop into a reproductive individual. In other words, there are certain ages, different ages, when puberty sets in and the body begins to change. And uh, we've all been through it in this, in this room. I don't see any children, and I... If I did, I'd probably ask them to kindly leave and go to Sunday school this morning. Uh, but it's basically when the body begins to change and develop, when you actually reach that stage where you can reproduce, you've gone through puberty and you've entered into basic adulthood. What we're talking about is puberty suppression this morning. You say, well, what does that mean? Basically, it's saying you take a child before the body has changed or maybe it started to change, and you'll see as we go through this that the process is the doctors who approve this type of behavior or medicine, if you want to call it that, uh, inject them with several different hormones based on being a male or a female and trying to change their sex into something they're not born with. So it's a huge issue. And it's like, man, you know, this is science fiction and it's weird and it's uh, like, come on, man, do people really do this? Yeah, a lot of people are doing it. Tons of people are doing it. Uh, you cannot go, and, and again, many of you don't watch TV or listen to radio except for Christian things, but even if you won't listen to VCY or Brandon House or uh, Jim Schneider, they've addressed these issues at least to some degree on Christian radio. 
So everyone should be at least familiar with the basic concept, but we're going to go a little bit deeper, uh, not super deep, but deep enough to where we understand what's taking place. And then this series is called, well, we're going to get into a whole bunch of different topics, Current Events and Christian Resolve. Well, uh, I, there's a song we should have played it this morning, I Am Resolved. Uh, no longer to linger, charmed by the world's delights. And uh, it's a good song. Maybe we'll sing it next Sunday morning. And uh, I'm resolved. What do you resolve to do? Well, you've got, as God's people, you have to stand on what God says. And uh, uh, that's what we'll be looking at. So let's go to this scenario. I'm going to read it word for word. This is out of uh, Michael's book. And think about this as we go through that. And think about what it would mean if this literally took place at Union Grove Baptist Church or another like-minded church in our area. A family in your church has requested a meeting with you. This is speaking about coming to see the pastor. <clears throat> so a family in your church is requesting a meeting with you or the pastor in order to discuss their concerns regarding the treatment of their child. During the appointment, they disclose that their child has been diagnosed with gender dysphoria. Now you're like, what in the world is gender dysphoria? Gender dysphoria, in simplistic terms, is a little boy comes up to mom and dad and says, Mommy, Daddy, I think I'm a girl. And they're like, oh, well, that's interesting. Why do you think you're a girl, honey? And uh, the little boy begins to say, well, you know, I prefer, and this is, I'm not trying to make this up. This is really what happens. You can see it documented in the book if you if you decide to get it. Uh he says, well, you know, I prefer to play with uh, girls' toys, and I like girls' dresses, the way girls dress a lot better than I dress, and uh, I just, I, I don't like being a boy. I, I think I'm, I think I would, I, I'm a girl. And they're like, well, okay, honey, well, tell us more. And he, and he says, well, you know, at school, uh, we've been talking about it, and there's a lot of kids that uh, uh, like me that really, I'm a little, they call me a boy, but I don't feel like a boy. I don't like being a boy. I want to be a girl. And then uh, uh, another family, the daughter comes in and, hey, Mom, hey, Dad, how you doing? I'm not feeling so good today. Well, what's the matter, honey? And and she says, well, you know, we've been talking a lot at school and with some of my friends, and, uh, you know, I don't like this uh, girly stuff. I don't like I don't like putting on girls' clothes. I like it rough and tough. I prefer to be a... Uh, a mean and tough and like the guys are that's that's the way I feel inside and uh you know I just I don't like the way I look I, I just don't like it at all I want to look and then they'll describe what a what in their opinion a boy looks like that's what I want to be and mom and dad are like well that's interesting honey I'm huh and and the child says listen I'm I'm I can't take it anymore I got to change and, they, and mom and dad are listening, and they're like, well, what do you mean you have to change? They're like, I, I don't want to be a girl anymore. I don't want to be a boy anymore, whatever it is. And uh, mom and dad are concerned, and they're disturbed, and it's like, well, what are we dealing with here? I, I don't, I've never heard this before, and it's, and it's confusing. And uh, uh, this keeps on, and the, and the child gets upset, and they're crying, and they're like, uh, goes on for several weeks, and mom and dad are confused, and they don't know what to do, and it keeps getting, the, the child comes home, and they're depressed, and they're upset, and they keep talking about this gender dysphoria. Well, you know where gender dysphoria comes from? It comes from the secular society. Uh, this, and now, and, and let me make it real clear. 
There are certain girls that like doing, if you will, guy-type things, but they're still as much a girl as they ever been. There's certain guys that may enjoy doing some activities that uh, traditionally maybe girls do. And that's fine. That doesn't mean they have to give up being a male. It doesn't mean the girls have to give up being a female. But now the society is now calls us, and, and we're, you look at the list of acronyms above, I mean, it's a whole new set of concepts that most of you are like, what? Gender dysphoria. This is literally, folks, this is a serious diagnosis now that psychologists, psychiatrists, and even doctors are saying, yeah, you know, your child really is a male inside, even though he was, she was born a girl, but she's not a girl. She's really a guy. And uh, uh, all of a sudden, the pressure begins to come. And you as a mom or a dad or a grandparent or uh, whatever, or the child next door or somebody you know, and, they, and, they're, and they're going through this, and it's, they end up at the doctor's office. Well, let's read on and see what happens. Uh, we're still in paragraph one, next sentence. This diagnosis, did you hear what I just said? A what? It's a diagnosis. This is a medical opinion. This is a medical professional now that's saying, yeah, you know, uh, uh, your daughter... Yeah, she's really suffering from gender dysphoria. She's really a male. Or the male is really a female. What are we going to do about this? Well, there's this gender dysphoria. How do we deal with it? This diagnosis initiated by whom? The child. This is the child coming to mom, coming to dad, telling the doctor, telling whomever, this isn't really who I am. And the child makes an evaluation. Folks, I, I can't get into details, and it is no one involved at this church, guaranteed, and, uh, uh, but I'm dealing with this issue with someone who lives several hours away from here. And the individual comes home and is going through this very scenario. You know where it all came from? The public school. Exactly where it came from well, I'm in class and they're talking like this and I've, uh, and it happens to be a little girl. Right at this pre-puberty stage, just old enough to start entering into it, changed the hair color, changed the dress, style, took on a very masculine look. I'm talking a child pre-puberty. This is for real, folks. This diagnosis initiated by the child was affirmed by a professional counselor. So now we have someone who gets paid to treat individuals buying into the secular nonsense that's taking place. I'm sorry, I was supposed to be non, nonpartisan on this. Did I say nonsense? I'm sorry. No nonsense. And uh, bought into it and now is making this literal diagnosis. All right, so the di- this diagnosis initiated by the child was affirmed by a professional counselor. The parents intend to follow the counselor's recommendation and allow gender transition to proceed at the child's discretion. You know why? Because the child comes home and says, listen, if you don't do something, I'm going to kill myself. Wait a minute, you're a mom, you're a dad, you're a grandparent, you're a guardian. Your child is so distraught, so upset They keep hearing this, keep hearing it, keep hearing it, keep playing that movie camera inside their head, and they get so into it, and they're so upset, and they're so obsessed by this. You let me do this, or I'm going to kill myself. The person I'm talking about tried to kill himself three times already. Three times. 
three times attempted to commit suicide. It's real. Furthermore, a medical professional has recently prescribed drugs that will suppress the onset of puberty. Now we're getting into medical treatment for this diagnosis. We'll go through the drugs very simplistically in a few moments as to what takes place inside these children. Children. Prepubescent, if you will. Furthermore, medical professionals recently prescribed drugs that will suppress the onset of puberty. In other words, uh, the little boy is getting now to the stage where uh, uh, he's just about reaching that age where things are going to start to change, where he starts to develop uh, a different body, and uh, uh, the, if you will, the reproductive system is about ready to kick in. Same thing for, for a girl, and now the medical community says, well, listen, if this little boy does not want to be a boy, we've got to stop that process from taking place. And now they're going to use drugs to stop the process. Folks, it's exactly what's going on in America and around the world today. All right? So let me read it again. Furthermore, medical professionals recently prescribed drugs that will suppress the onset of puberty, eliminating, allowing for smoother, or ultimately allowing for a smoother transition. The family requests that the church, and folks, this is going to happen here someday. The family requests that the church adopt the policy of acceptance towards the child's decision to explore their gender identity and transition fully at a latter date. So, Pastor, listen, we, we went to a, 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 our counselor. My child is definitely going through a tough time. Uh, uh, we believe strongly, yes, you, you know, the, the birth certificate says my little boy was born as a boy, but he's not a boy inside. He's really a girl. And same thing with a female. How do we deal with this issue? And uh, we went to the counselor, we went to the medical professionals, and, and they really believe, I mean, this is a serious diagnosis, Pastor, and we need to do something about this. And, uh, Pastor, uh, we know you love folks and you care about people, and uh, you need to help us get through this process now. What are you going to do about it, Pastor? How are you going to help us here? And now they're going to make a list of demands. Well, the family requests that the church adopt the policy, paragraph 2, of acceptance towards the child's decision to explore their gender identity and transition fully at a later date. What do they mean, transition fully? It means if you're a male and you want to be a female, they're going to cut off your organs. You understand what I'm saying, folks? If you're a female, they're going to do lower surgery to make you look like a male and probably in the process destroy every part of the reproductive system as a female. They talk about top and bottom surgery. And again, I'm not going to get graphic, but it doesn't take much to figure this out. A little girl basically goes through mastectomies. A boy, as we'll see, gets charged full of estrogen and other hormone-type things to make their upper part grow so that it looks like they have enlarged breasts, to be quite frank. So, but we're not to that time yet. They're still young. We're still going through. Right now, we just have to stop the process from starting, and then we'll worry about the reassignment, reassignment surgery at a later time. This policy would include allowing the child to use the restroom 
of their expressed gender. Boy, have you heard about that in the news at all? Now, this mainly deals with transgender issues today. This is the start of it. So when, once they're transgender, once they're fully adult, and once they've made the change or done whatever they're going to do or claim, made the proclamation that I now identify, and that's the key word, I now identify as a male, even though I was female. Male, I now identify as a female. You've heard testimony, if you watch the news at all, of individuals that have gone through this. And now uh, some of the big major politicians and some of the big major uh, 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 metal people in the medical community that have a say on national media go through this. Well, can a, can a male get pregnant? Well, of course they can. What do you mean? How does that happen? Well, if they're originally a female and uh, they transitioned into a male now that they, and they didn't lose some of their private parts, they can still get pregnant. So, yes, a male can get pregnant. Now, folks... Most of you are saying, are you kidding me? And if you've heard this before, it's nothing new. And this is what we're going through. So the person walks into the church, this church or any other Bible-believing church, and it's like, you need to support this. This is literally what the medical community says we should do. The policy would include allowing the child to use the restroom of their expressed gender, calling the child by their nearly chosen name. And I'm not going to give any names because by accident I'll say somebody and it'll get me in trouble here. But instead of having what would be normally considered a female name, they change it to a male name and vice versa. Well, no, this is not my name anymore. Yeah, that's what's on my birth certificate, but this is what I want to be called and you better call me that or else. And by the way, the or else can get very, very nasty. And preferred, here we go, pronouns. Now, folks, let's be honest. Many of us have heard this in the past. We laugh at it. It's like, man, this is just silliness. It's goofiness. And uh, what a bunch of nonsense. We just kind of blow it off with a good laugh. It's not laughing anymore. Now it's serious business. People are being sued over this issue. Schools are making it a major policy issue. People are being fired from their jobs over messing up pronouns. This is serious, which is why I'm addressing it. So let's use the preferred pronouns. Affirming the child's choice of clothing and activities and supporting the family through the transition process beginning with the suppression of puberty. Pastor! Yeah, we're, I mean, based on medical advice, based on what my child has told me, We've got to do this. We've got to do it. There's, this is an option. And they come in, and, and it hasn't happened here yet, will it? Me? You say, well, what are you going to do? Last paragraph. The parents believe. By the way, parents, grandparents, do you love your kids? Do you love your kids? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So... And I can give you scenario after scenario, folks that have gone through this. One of Valerie, one of our best friends from Indiana. We lived in we were in one of those high class upper echelon places. We lived in a trailer court, poorest church mice. So we had my first house cost me three thousand dollars. It was a twelve by fifty five trailer, nice, from a construction guy. Um, and I know we have folks in here that live in nice trailers, but, I mean, ours was really nice. It had 
had a zebra floor pattern, uh, porcelain, uh, uh, um, what color was that? Turquoise, I mean, boy. I mean, we were living high in the hog. Uh, electric, oh man, it was horrible. Anyway, uh, but I got it for three grand, man. It was good living. I liked it. Valerie was not, she's, she kind of likes to do the decorator thing, and there just wasn't a whole lot she could do at this place. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was like, yeah, I mean, lipstick wouldn't even work on this piggy. It wasn't, it wasn't good. And, uh, <laughs> but uh, we lived out in what was called Ross County, Indiana, while I was finishing up some school in this beautiful place, Ross County Park. And uh, Valerie felt alone. We were poor as whatever. No TV. I mean, it was back before cell phones. You say, well, we had a hardline telephone, which uh, we could only use maybe once a week because it cost too much. And uh, it was just bad living. And she met a family that really, uh, they were the trailer park, what do you call them? Owners. I mean, they're the overseers. The whoever, whatever you call it, overseer. Good folks. I mean, we love them. They went to, uh, they went to church with us. Uh, just good, godly people. Wonderful folks. And then their daughter comes home one day and goes through this. Mom, Dad, I'm, uh, I don't feel like a girl anymore. Don't want to be a girl. I've been uh, this way for a long time, and I've been struggling with this. Now, folks, we were in. You th- if you think this is a fundy church, you don't know what a fundy church is, folks. This was where we used to go to church. I mean, it was strong, strong uh, separation issues and all that. And it was just, I mean, it was legalistic to the nth degree. And that's the, this particular church. It was a giant mega church that we were at. And uh, good folks and loving folks and uh, uh, basically on the same page, at least we thought they were. But wait a minute, the child comes, your child comes home. This is the way, I mean, Daddy, this is the way we're going to raise our children. This is the way it's going to be. And these are the standards we're going to keep. But then the little girl comes home and says, I'm, I'm not a girl. And Mom and Dad are like, well, wait, what do you mean you're not a girl? And folks, uh, and we'll get to the Bible in a minute when we close, but I mean, you just, what, what, and this is uh, 30 plus years ago, 30 plus years ago before it became popular. Family now, out of church, Bible means nothing to them. They post on Facebook like other families that have gone through this, how proud they are of the transition their boy has made, which was really a girl. And they're supporting it to the nth degree. Why? Because it's their what? It's their child. They're going to support their child. Well, folks, here's what I want to encourage us to think about. And if you look at the bottom line, what is your resolution as a Bible-believing Christian? How are you going to deal with this if it happens in your family? It'll never happen in our family. Never say never. Never say never. 
all of a sudden it happens and it's like how in the world did this happen where did this come from didn't see this happening the parents believe that a gender affirmation method of treatment for gender dysphoria is in the best interest of the child of course you want to do what you think is the best thing for your child you don't want them to feel like they're bullied and cast out you don't want them to feel like they've been moved off to the side and that society is against them you don't want them to commit suicide and you're scared to death if you lay down the law and say, listen, we can't do this, we can't go this direction, that the next thing you know, you're going to be attending their funeral. you got a tough decision to make. And folks, this is for real. Again, I'm not bringing this to your attention just because it's an interesting subject. It's a horrible subject that is absolutely becoming a major issue in our society and it's just at the tip of the iceberg as to what's going to take place however when you question pastor whether this is the right course of action due to your biblical convictions of a fixed male and female gender binary in other words a male's a male a female's a female based on the creation narrative in scripture you are met with a harsh reaction pastor Listen, wait a second. You understand that that was maybe God's original design, but that's not how it is today. You need to get with the program. You need to understand that things have developed over the last 6,000 years. And, Pastor, you're behind the times. It's time for you to get with it. That's exactly what's going to happen. And it has happened. Both parents warn you that if the church will not affirm their child's gender identity, they will have no choice but to break fellowship and possibly pursue legal recourse for emotional and spiritual abuse. They sue the church. By the way, that's a real biblical thing to do for Christians, isn't it? So uh, most of the deacons are not in here. They're teaching or doing whatever right now. But this is a constitutional issue that we need to address because when they come after us one day, if it isn't in writing, we're going to have some nice lawsuits on our hands. They wonder out loud, the parents, how can a loving church choose to ignore such a simple request to help a child? My child's in need. My child's uh, hurting. My child needs to do this. And mom and dad have been sucked right into the secular society and they don't want to lose their child and they will do whatever it takes and I mean whatever it takes to keep that kid from not hurting themselves or feeling unloved they wonder out loud how can a loving church choose to ignore such a simple request to help a child Uh, uh, you, you wonder the pastor how do I respond to this situation in an ethical manner well that's a, that's a loose word that I prefer to say scriptural manner. Does the Bible offer moral guidance for addressing the issue of gender parenting or the suppression of puberty? All right, so we're going to go to the other sheet because we're, we've got about seven, eight minutes here. I want you, if you got time, and if you would, please, it's not like I want you to, like it's, this is an order. I, may I kindly suggest... That if you have children or grandchildren and you know that they're struggling with something like this, I really highly recommend this book. Uh, I would get it. I bought it used on Amazon. I buy everything used on Amazon. 
because I'm cheap, but it's, it's really a very, very well done uh, piece of literature and uh, has a lot of documentation. We're going to get into this a little more deeply next week, but uh, uh, I don't know if anybody here is in half in shock right now. Many of you have been through this, you under, not through it, but you at least you understand it if you then keep it up with news and what's taking place around the country. But to some of you, this is some pretty heavy-duty stuff. It's like, man, I never thought it would be this horrible or this real. It's real. Uh, let me guarantee you. So we're going to take the, the last few minutes. We'll come back to the acronyms and things and what actually is taking place. The horrible, and, and I will preface it with this. I'm not going to get into it today. The absolutely horrible, horrible outcomes that many of these young people that have been going through these fairly new therapies, medical conditions, drugs, and transition surgery are going through. The only one I want to draw to your attention, if you look at the bottom of the acronyms, where it's not really an acronym, but it talks about the sisters and persisters. The medical community now, this has been in play now for one generation. There's not a ton of documentation yet, but it'll be coming. 10 to 30% of all individuals that decide they want to go through transgender surgery, it's between 10 and 30%, which is not a good statistic but when you have that big a variance, but 10 to 30% are persisters and are glad that they went through and did all this. That's about 30% max. That means 70% of those young people, teenagers, others that have gone through gender reassignment surgery, in other words, they change from a male to a female bodily type or a female to male, 70% regret what they've done. And by the way, without a doubt, the statistics show that uh, they'll never have children. They've changed their body. They've changed their what they look like how they react but as far as reproduction goes game over all right so these are things that we'll get into a little bit more deeply next week but let's go to the scriptures now and spend a few minutes talking about God's plan for humanity Genesis 127 so God created man in his own image in the image of God he created him male and what female he created them it's no accident what we're getting to now, and by the way, every single, and there's about another 20 or 30, because I wanted to keep it to two pages, of scriptures that talk about male and female. The only time in scripture, two times, a couple of times, that God addresses the issue, he never addresses what we're going through today. Never talks about puberty blockers, which is stopping actually the, again, the process from happening, maturing of a young body, never addresses it in Scripture. Conceptually, yes. That was 6,000 years ago the Scriptures were written. The Old Testament started actually 1445 B.C. Man was created 6,000 years ago. So 1445 B.C. the Old Testament started to be written. And God, every single time, never makes any other thing about man, male, female, and, and transit. There's no, no such thing as transition. There's no such thing as change. The only thing God addresses, and we've been through this, if you go to Romans chapter 1, and we studied it on Sunday nights, you can get the messages on the Internet. God does address homosexuality and lesbianism. He addresses it in Romans chapter 1. Very specifically, he addresses it in three tiers. 
God talks about the degeneration of mankind when they begin to worship the creature more than the creator. It starts out with idolatry. God judges them. And this is what's happening in our society. The second step is men leave that which is men leave men. Or uh, I'm sorry, men leave the natural use of women and women leave the natural use of men and they become homosexual and lesbian. That's a judgment of God upon our culture for failure to follow him. You say, oh, that's that fundamentalist. Pre-. No, it's just read Romans 1. Just read it. God wrote it. I don't believe that. Well, you don't have to believe it, but it's there. God wrote it. It's there. So the gender dysphoria, the homosexuality, the lesbianism that exists today, it's literally, it's a judgment of God on the world for saying, listen, I'd rather serve something else than you. And God said, fine. Here's your judgment for it. Romans chapter 1, you can read it. It's, it's just there. And he talks about uh, those that are homosexuals will not inherit the kingdom of God. It's, it's just, it, why? It's not that they can and by the way, homosexuals, lesbians, those that go through this, can they still get right with God and get saved? Yeah. Absolutely they can. Listen, folks, uh, it's just another sin. It's just another corrupted thing that mankind has done. So you say, well, do you hate these people? Of course not. You despise what they've done. Well, I'm not real happy maybe with uh, those that encouraged them to go the wrong direction. I'm more upset with the medical community and the psychiatrists and the psychologists and the lack of good parents than I am with the kids that make the change. Children are children. They're vulnerable. And we as adults are encouraging them to go the wrong direction. Isn't that horrible? I mean, shame on us. All right. Genesis 5, 2, he created them male and female and blessed them and called them mankind in the day they were created. Now, we could go through verse after verse. Let's go to the back page. You can read these on your own if you so choose. But I want to go to the New Testament ones very quickly. Matthew chapter 19, verse 4, And he, Jesus, answered and said to them, Have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them what? Male and female. Did God mess up? No, God didn't mess up. You say, well, uh, uh, and here's another one, and we're going to get into this. Individuals, okay, have you heard this acronym? LGBTQI. Most folks don't know what the I stands for. Well, it's basically intersex. What does that mean? It means that a male or a female was born with both biological parts. Hmm. Well, what happens when you're born with more than one set of, excuse the term if you're cautious on this, but what happens if you have two sets of genitalia and it's, well, we're going to very kindly get into that in a couple of weeks, but here's the issue. Why did all this happen in the first place? Did God mess up? Did God make mistakes? Uh Uh-uh. And it's something we need to seriously look at as a Christian community. How do we deal with this stuff? And it's not easy to deal with. And it does get highly medical on some levels, but it also gets highly spiritual on some levels. And he answered and he said to them, Have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female? Mark 10, 6. But from the beginning of the creation, God made them male and female. Uh, By the way, there has been no amendments in Scripture to change that. So here's the issue. How do I, how do you deal with this highly litigious and volatile subject? Number one, 
And I hate to tell you this, but I always tell the truth. I don't care if you're the best Christian in here. I don't care if you read your Bible 60 hours a day and there's only 24. I don't care if you, you tell more folks about Christ than any other person in this room. I don't care if you're the best loving parent on earth. If your child is influenced by the wrong group, that can't happen to my child. I, I pray it doesn't happen. But folks, there's no temptation taking you or anyone else, but such as is common to mankind, womankind. It's there. It's there. Now, let me be very kind. If you're going through this, if you know people that are going through this, if you've seen these things take place, don't give up hope on them. It's like, man, it's, it's happened in my family. I've seen it. I'm going through it. I'm dealing with this very issue as we speak. Does God still answer prayer? Does God still love people? Don't, don't be dismissive. Don't, don't cast them out of your life. Folks, it's just another what? Is lying a sin? Folks, if we got mad at every single liar, we'd have an empty church today. <laughs> right? We've all sinned. If we got mad at everybody who gets mad about something. We all, it's just another issue, that, and it's a serious issue, mind you. It's a serious issue we need to deal with. So love on the people, help them, support them. Don't encourage the wrong behavior. You don't encourage anyone to do wrong behavior, but you still love on them, you still care for them, you still come beside them, and you still try to lovingly lead them in a proper way. All right, we've, we we're going to quit, but we've set the tone for a very, very heavy subject. And uh, we're going to get a little bit deeper into this next time as we discuss literally what's taking place. Now, I don't want to make this a biology class or a, a, a getting into these things, but I want from a, specifically from a spiritual standard, you must be educated what's happening right now. Last thing. I, by the way, I closed 15 times, but I know I'm out of time. Go on the Internet. Look up the Wauwatosa School District, sex education. Wauwatosa is in the place where I live, Milwaukee County. Look up the Wauwatosa School District and find out the massive little argument that they're having with the school board and parents right now over these issues. It's real, and we've got to deal with it, all right? So if you're confused and it's like, this is weird, I've never heard of this before, and I'm trying... Folks, it's new to all of us. This is, but it's there. Father, thank you for your love for us. Thank you for these dear folks. Lord, we knew in the last days, 2 Timothy 3, 1 says, in the last days before the church age ends, that perilous times would come. And folks, they're here. They're here, Lord. We know that. And Father, I pray as we deal with the perilous times, as the difficult, difficult things that are taking place in our country and literally around the world, Lord, help us as your people not to move, not to compromise, but to be resolved to follow our scriptural principles. Father, help those that might be going through this very issue as we speak with children or grandchildren or loved ones. Father, would you support them, help them, give them the right words to say, give them the right attitude to deal with this. And Father, as harsh and as difficult as it is for many of us to deal with this, Lord, help us always to speak the truth in love. Help us to be uh, uh, the, the light that's needed in this dark, dark world. And we'll give you the praise, honor, and glory. And all God's people said, amen. Thanks so much.